Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And welcome to another episode of Life Exchange. Um, I believe if you heard last episode, you would have heard uh, Dr. Melody crack up in laughter. Mm-hmm. It was a rare sighting of uncontrollable wheezing. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you missed last episode, make and sure it was you on the last it. question. So <laughs> if you missed it, you can go back and. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe that's like two two rare sightings in a row is too much to ask for. But we'll see what we get today. It depends what you guys do is how I respond. Well, the more serious the question, the funnier it will be apparently. Okay. <laughs> or is it the opposite? I don't know. Yeah, it's the opposite. When it's a yeah. serious question, we make it funny. Oh, when okay, it's okay. A, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get yeah. It. Okay. All right. Well, we've got... A great question we're starting out with. Um, This question is, what is the significance of values and how can I pinpoint what my values are? So I think we're going to be probably looking to Mama Melody. Dr. Melody. Oh, yeah. Um, I probably do not want to go real deep in this, but values are just simply our... internal motivators. It's the thing we're passionate about. It's the thing we want to walk in. It uh, We can see what we value by what we're willing to invest into, sacrifice for, protect, uh, treat as valuable. I, I value uh, you, Joel, because I want to protect you. Mm. I want to invest into you. I have sacrificed my life for you. <laughs> so, no, but seriously. The mother who bore me. <laughs> you, the mother who bores you. <laughs> so Take it as you will. <laughs> uh, but uh, Katie, uh, your sister just gave birth to this beautiful, beautiful little baby boy. Yeah. And... Uh, that little boy is so valued. It's going to have so many people <laughs> to protect and sacrifice for yeah, him, to him. invest into him, to treat him as valuable. And so we know what we value by what we do. So, but values in gen in general are um, are something through which we run every decision that we make through. So they dictate your decision, they inform your decision. Correct. Because every decision we make really is a value judgment. Mm-hmm. Good or bad. Yeah. We've made a value judgment of what is important to us at that moment, what we believe is going to give us the quality of life or meet our need or satisfy us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want that, I desire that, I invest into that. I'll do all these things because if I get that, this is going to be the byproduct. And we do it all the time, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, uh, we can see what we value through the decisions that we make. So when it says, how can I pinpoint well, my I know values? That we're, I know that we're kind of talking about like our own values, but so you're saying that I can see what other people value by the choices that they make as well? Most Definitely. 
most definitely. So if you look, and that's why we're all so different mm -hmm. because we all carry different value judgments. Mm -hmm. So we we talk so much about how do we come into agreement and you know what do we do when somebody disagrees with us? The bottom line is, is we all carry a, a different set of intrinsic values that say, this is what's important to me or this is what's not important to me. And it can create a a lot of challenges in a marriage. Mm -hmm. Like like for me, uh, having my house in order is something I value. It might mm -hmm. not be clean, but it's in order. So if my husband comes and throws something on the floor, he has just told Melody that he doesn't value what is important to me, right? So you just threw your husband under the bus. I, I do, say, he listens actually, to this. <laughs> He does a very good job because he's learned over the last 46 years that don't do that because Melody is going to interpret it as you don't value me <laughs> when he just threw his stuff on the So floor. values are what motivates you, but they also uh, facilitate or they also, they can also infuriate you? Well, basically there's something I hold very, very dear to me mm -hmm. and I make my decisions through that grid. Well, what I'm saying is- If you're not doing if that, it makes you I can angry, have judgment against you. If it you. makes you angry, that also lets you know what your values are as well too. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Because uh, I become angry because in a sense- this situation, you're violating what you're I violating hold. what is valuable to me. Yeah, correct. So we all have those value judgments, and they are as diverse as every person on the planet. Yeah, because it's something that we've developed, you know, through our life experiences. What I needed to do to ultimate. Think about this. That was a half sentence. I apologize, but you think about this. So many people do crazy things to ultimately get something that they they value. And that's why I believe so much depression comes because if I'm not getting what I labored so hard to achieve, it's very, very discouraging. And that can be something positive, negative. Uh, it, it, it could be a whole gamut of those things because what we value is very different from one another. So why would you say it's important to pinpoint or define your values? I think it's important to discover our value first. Intrinsic is what yeah, you're our, saying. Our intrinsic value. If I can see, because if I can see my value, then I begin to look at my world through a different grid. I begin to look at people through a different grid. If I can value Melody, then I can look at Joel and Katie and say, I value them. They're different from me. They might have different um, personal values, but I value them enough that I'm going to celebrate what is important to them. How do I value my grandkids? <laughs> if something's important to them, they come over, oh, this is what I've been wanting to watch, this movie, or I really wanted to play Catan today or whatever it might be. So I recognize that's valuable to them. And because I value them, I, I'm going to help them receive what's important to them. Mm -hmm. And so the more we understand value and value judgments, it's going to cause us to have a lot of compassion, uh, a, a lot of empathy, a lot of understanding for others when we can see the grid through which 
they value life. Now, I'm not talking about objective value. I'm not talking about God's values or kingdom values. I'm just talking about value judgments. And let me just put um, this out. Uh, If you look back and you see one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made in your life, one of the stupidest things you've ever done in your life, at the moment you made that decision, it was through the grid of what you valued, what you wanted, what you expected. You thought if I did that thing, it would add quality of life Mm -hmm. to my life. And then in retrospect, retrospect, you look back and go, that was really stupid because it did not add value to my life. It did not bring me quality of life. You know, and I can tell you 50 illustrations about that, especially before I got saved, because I was just searching for some semblance of being valued as well as obtaining what I valued. Mm-hmm. You guys are looking at me. What do I say to that? <laughs> so, um, okay, let me keep on talking because you guys are looking at me like you don't want what don't know what to say. But um, uh, you can talk about values by something that you love. And what does God say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So right now we can begin to discover our values by looking at God's values. And we do know that there is one commandment, love your Lord, the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others. Those are two things my God values. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, those are the ultimate values because they're his ultimate values. So I can say, Lord, I want your values to be woven into my values. But there are also... Personal there are personal values that we have that are different from person to person. I'll get hate mail for this, but I do not have a high value for animals. I think they're <laughs> great. I don't really, I don't want them to die. You know, I think well, you like to eat them. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not a vegetarian, so. <laughs> but but I should say I don't have a high value for pets and oh, people I that know that me. Road know this about me. <laughs> your daughter just said, we should have a game night. And I and I said, well, maybe we should do it at your house. And she goes, uh, the dog, Katie, because she knows mm-hmm. I don't have a high value. But for somebody else, that is a very, very high value. So they're going to determine their life. See, I don't have that high value because I want to be able to go where I want to go, when I want to go, and not have to think about letting the dog out. I used to have that value. And then it changed. It changed. <laughs> But so we all have these. You probably still have that value. It's just that the rest of your family (laughs) has the other value. (laughs) You care about the dog. (laughs) I'm processing. Do I say the right answer? What people want to hear. My wife listens to this. So So you were saying, Katie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and sometimes because you value it, you'll sacrifice for it, but, or you've, you've changed the hierarchy of those values. Um, But that to say, we all have these different things that are going to determine the choices that we make. Uh, I think it also, it is, it does affect relationship in some extent in that you're going to connect more probably, not that you won't connect with people that have different values, but you're going to connect with those who have similar values to you. Um, 
like, you know, in like in the dating world, Mm. I would say red flags. Like what are those things that are so valuable to you Mm -hmm. that if someone violates that, it's a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. And um, whereas on the flip side of that, like if you really have similarities in these things that are really important to you, then there's more compatibility. So what you're saying is that we just don't have one set of values. We have a gamut of values yeah. that we have. And even in us, there we might value something. Okay, I just talked earlier about I value my house being in order. Mm-hmm. But when my grandkids come, yeah. my yeah. house is not in order. Right. Because you value them more because than Because I you. value that's them. That's what I was saying about the dog. Like You value the dog enough that you're value for flexibility has changed priority. Because you value your family even yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have it all figured out, don't you? <laughs> so are you are you saying that you can have like different categories of values? Like there's a high value, there's... There's different levels of value. Yeah. Personally. Personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inside, uh, um, I do believe that our highest level of value needs to be God first. Yeah. You know, others and we can we can look at the word of God and and see what is most valuable in the father's eyes. Uh but uh but we have lots of personal values. And I believe they change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is important to note that these values they are changing. They are adaptable. They change hierarchy, all of those things. Um, but if you're looking, the other part of this question says, how can I pinpoint what my values are? Um, you mentioned the three. I knew you would cover it. So I, I even put in my notes, mama will likely cover this. <laughs> but um, what are you willing to sacrifice for? So if you're trying to pinpoint your values, um, look at what you will, what you prioritize above other things. What yeah. do you say yes to? Uh, when others would say no. So that's going to show you these are things that you value because or you're... what would you say no to that others would say yes yeah, to? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another one that you said was what do you invest into? So start looking at what you're putting your time into, your money into, um, your energy, your resources into. That's going to show you things that you're valuing right now. Again, these things can change based upon seasons, um, relationships, all of those things. But if you're trying to pinpoint right now, what is motivating you? What are those motivating values? You can look at some of these things. And may I say something about investment? It's just not something tangible. It could be very much uh, our time yeah, and our thoughts. And um, Katie, if you call me in the middle of the day and I'm super busy, I will stop if at all possible, because I value you. You hold such a a level of value in my life that when Katie calls, I'm going to be available. So if you call her and she doesn't answer. (laughs) (laughs) You've already called me and I was on a coaching session or something. but, But no, that's an illustration. I'm investing my time. Yeah. And we have to determine, you know, where that is. You know, yeah. is it, we say we we value the Lord. What are we investing into the kingdom? Yeah. You know, what are we, uh, you know, we say, well, well, that's religious rules. Is it religious rules? I mean, or, it kind of, it, it does start to tell you what you really value. Because yes. like if I say, well, I'm too busy to read the Bible, but I'm on Instagram three hours a day. Right. Like it, it shows you 
what you really what you do. are really valuing mm-hmm. now and that's not to be religious about it that you have to you know read the bible a certain number of minutes a day or whatever but it it will kind of shine a flashlight on like yeah. what you are really investing your time into i set a um you can set like app time limits on your phone so i like chose mm-hmm. all my social ones and i set a time limit and i'm thinking that's a high time limit and then i was hitting it like repeatedly and i thought oh okay I didn't think I was valuing this or putting this much energy or time into this, but it turns out I was. So um, it does start to indicate to you what you are truly valuing. So, uh, and then the last, did you have something? No, go ahead. The last one um, of how to know what you value is what do you treat as valuable? Um, so what do you fight for? Uh, what do you preach to people? What do you find yourself getting really passionate about? Um, what do you protect? Again, like you said, what makes you angry? That's going to show you like if, if somebody is violating a conviction and that is making you angry, well, then it's showing that you have value in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's going to indicate as well. That's a very, very, very good point. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) So knowing this helps you why? One, we can be, we can look at our life very objectively or through not spiritual objectivity of, Mm. you know, theology, but I can be very honest with myself when I look, where do I spend the most of my time? Mm -hmm. You know, who do I invest into? You know, a husband can say to his wife, I love you. But if everybody has more priority than than her, she's going to say, you say you love me, but I don't feel it. Yeah, your values are saying otherwise. Your values are saying other otherwise, exactly. And so I think what's great about this is we can gain some self-awareness from this, mm-hmm. that we can understand and look at our life very objectively and say, you know, it might hurt a little bit, but what am I doing? What am I investing into? What am I sacrificing for? What am I treating as valuable? And um, and what am I protecting? Mm-hmm. And if we look at that, it will cause us to then be able to say, is that what I really want to value? Is that a true of reflection of who I am and what I want to be? And we can say yes or no. And then make decisions that could really then become really more valuegenic. And valuegenic is when I'm doing things that create value in my world, not just for myself, but for others as well. So knowing your values helps you grow and develop? I think. And prepare for the future? Yeah, and, and to become the best that we can become as a human being. And the best that we can become as a son or daughter of the living God. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is, if this, because if I look at what's valuable to my God, when my values align with his values, I believe we will see God's kingdom come. Because now we're really partnering with his purpose, with what's important to him. So I go back, I know it's one of my pet peeves, guy. I believe in valuing all of humanity, saved, unsaved, whether I agree or disagree with them, because my God loves everyone. 
my God values every human being on the planet. So if I don't value them, then I'm literally not partnering with the heart of God. And so if I really value my God, I want to value what he values. So if he values people, I I must make that conscious, deliberate choice to see the intrinsic worth of that person. So that's just one illustration. That's good. You're quiet today, Joel. <laughs> well, I'm just receiving so much of what uh, yeah. is being said. <laughs> That had an edge of sarcasm to it. <laughs> if you know me, you know I am not never, sarcastic. Never. Never sarcastic. Never. Especially when it comes to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad that I know you do value me, Jill. Yes. Because yeah. he is invested. He has sacrificed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? He does. Can we not go here? Like, okay. Uh, I mean, like <laughs> ooey gooey stuff. Like, you don't like ooey gooey. All right. Well, I think we, I think we answered that question. Okay. Well, the second question, I can start out on this one. Um, it's should I make spiritual goals? And um, I, my response was yes, um, but only to the end of knowing Christ. Um, so if you're asking like spiritual practices, uh, I think they're very valuable. I think they're very helpful. I think they can help us um, to prioritize God. Um, but if the if the spiritual goal becomes the God, that's when we get off. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, and I love this scripture in Philippians 3. Um, and it's Paul. And he says, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought that these things were valuable. And so he's saying, I was convinced that these practices were valuable. Mm. I was convinced that, um, that the law was righteousness. And then he goes on and he says, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. And so you kind of see this question answered in Paul's words here is that he uh, at one time so valued um, the the spiritual goal per se, or the the practice in itself, the law, what he thought made him holy uh, or righteous. And then realizing in in the revelation of Christ that all of those things they're they're meaningless without him. And so uh, is there still, you know, value in the practice? Yes, but only if it's serving Christ, not the other way around, not outside of Christ. Um, wow, Katie, that is so good. And actually that was like a perfect answer for, for even the question before, wasn't it? Really showing. Keeping him first and most. Yeah, so good. Yeah, this is a really good question. And as I was thinking about it, processing through it, I thought, man, this is this is more deep than I expected it to be. <laughs> like the idea of goals, it kind of infers or it suggests, it suggests like what you can do on your own strength, mm-hmm. on what you can accomplish on your own ability, on your own strength. So it's kind of like this idea, if I spend this amount of time then this is the specific outcome that will happen. If I if I spend this amount of energy on this one thing, this one goal, then I should expect this outcome. And I was thinking, well, is that how it works in the kingdom? Well, even Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
So our fruitfulness is determined by our connection with him, not in our own ability to strive after something. Yeah. So growth and fruitfulness is not in our own strength. It actually comes from surrender. Yeah. It comes from submitting to his leading and his guiding that for us to sit down and say, these are my spiritual goals. Mm-hmm. I think we can get a little bit off because then it's about what you can accomplish, right. what you can have fulfilled. Or, and I think we do this in a, in a sense of like our calling and purpose. I want to have a church this size. Mm-hmm. I want to um, be accomplishing this at this time. I want to slay three giants by the time mm-hmm. I'm, you know, spiritually speaking, yeah. <laughs> right? I want to slay three giants by this time, or I want to be overcome. Like, I feel like, that puts all the energy on what we can do and what we can accomplish. Now, do I think there is value in placing disciplines, spiritual disciplines in our life? Yes, but to sit down and say, oh, I'm creating these goals and this is what I should be accomplishing at this point in this time. I just I just don't know how kingdom that is. Yeah, the next verse that I didn't read same passage says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Mm-hmm. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. So it just, can. it just speaks it to what you just said mm. of not counting on my own ability, but instead surrendering that to him, letting yeah. those things lead me to him, not like trying to build my own, you know, tower of Babel <laughs> structure of, of getting to God or... And I think that's where the the church kind of gets it wrong because so much attention in the church is focused on promises being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Now, is that wrong? No, but the promises of God are not goal-oriented, but are relational in nature. Yeah. So when we talk about the promises of God, they are the fruit of relationship not of our striving and not of our own strength. So a goal-oriented mentality places the focus on what I can accomplish on my own strength. So we create these milestones or these checklists to, comp- to accomplish. Or worse yet is we place our personal value on them being accomplished. Right, so true. Yeah. So if it doesn't come to pass, then what's wrong with me? But if the promises of God are relationally oriented, it places the focus on what we can accomplish. And what that does is it creates joy in the process. It actually draws us closer in relationship because it's not just about what I'm doing. It's about what he's doing and how I can partner with what he's doing and saying. And so the victories are not, look at what I did, mm-hmm. is look at the victories that we accomplished. Like David's like, I killed the lion and the bear. Well, he saved me from them. He delivered <laughs> me from them, right? So it's a, it's a shared victory. And so that just comes from relationship. In John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Yeah. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, Apart from me, you can do nothing. In a relationship, there will be fruit, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus even says it. 
And then he goes on to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so nothing is not inactivity, but it's referring to eternal value. Right. So what ensures, what guarantees, what verifies the eternal value in what I do? It's a fruit of relationship. Mm -hmm. What did he say? If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, what you do has no eternal value. And that's why when scripture talks about the promises of God, it's to lead us into intimacy, it's to lead us into relationship. And from that place, there will be fruit. And so when I hear the question, should I make spiritual goals? No. In the sense of what you can accomplish, your goal should be, to seek after Christ. Mm-hmm. And was this the was this the scripture verse that you used, Katie, Philippians 3, 13 through 14? Uh, that's right after what I read. Well, actually. here it is, 13 <laughs> and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching towards yes. those things which are ahead. Sounds very goal-oriented, mm-hmm. right? I press towards the goal... For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what is the goal? What is the prize? It's Christ Jesus, knowing who you are in and through him. Mm -hmm. That is what our attention is. That is our focus. So if we are goal-oriented, it's to know Christ and to be found in Christ. Yeah. And he is the journey and the destination. Yeah. Sometimes we think that we are the journey to get to the destination, Mm -hmm. but it's actually, it's him the whole time. It's in relationship with him that we get to know him. Uh, You you can't work your way towards it without him. So um, yeah, he is the journey and the destination. And so I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong, but I just think our attention needs to be on the true goal Mm -hmm. or the true prize, which is in Christ. One of the most heartbreaking scriptures to me is when um, Jesus is saying, and they came to me on that day and they said, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. And it just breaks my heart to even think, even in my own life, if there's an area where I think that I am serving him well, Mm. but I don't know him in that process Mm. to where I'm accomplishing things that the world, the church, religion would say are are great fruits. Um, But at the end of the day, I didn't know him in the process. I removed him from the journey in order to get to a destination rather than um, Mm -hmm. saying, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it with you, for you, through you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. Do you have anything to add, mom? No, I didn't even write down a lot because my first statement here is, I've never thought about that before. (laughs) It's like it never crossed my mind to create Mm -hmm. a spiritual goal. And then I began to think, well, if I was going to create a spiritual goal, what would it be? It's I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. I want to know and express my Father's heart. And I want to partner with Him. Mm -hmm. Those were the three things that became my spiritual goals after (laughs) that question was asked. And, uh, And you guys kind of encapsulized all of that. So that was beautiful. Yeah. We might not use the term goals, but we might have 
expectations of milestones where we're at. Like, mm. I should be doing this, or I should be accomplishing this, or this should be the fruit of my time and energy. Um, and those things aren't wrong, but I think we all kind of agreed on this. It's like all those things, well, like Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Do we want what we do to have eternal value? And like you said, you've done all these things, but I don't know you. And that that is a scary thought or a sobering thought that we can actually do things that look very spiritual, but are far from him. And that should challenge us, our, our target, our prize, the thing that we pursue after is knowing him and producing the life that he that we can only produce in and through him. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, that yeah, one's... Read Philippians 3. Yeah. You'll get a good good answer to that question. Okay. Last question of the day. It's a very different topic. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I make my life too complex. What are some ways I can simplify my life? Simple is one of my favorite Live in a words. cave and avoid people <laughs> and um, be real simple. Will it? <laughs> well, maybe. You'll have to hunt and gather. That is true. <laughs> There's no well, grocery stores in a cave. Simple is not always easy or hard. Simple, right? Yeah. Hunting a, a bear is probably simple. Probably, you're saying. Probably. You're terrified of bears. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm... Ter- you're not terrified of bears if you were walking in the woods and well, you see a bear? I'm, go- I'm purchasing bear spray at the moment, and you are not, so we'll just say <laughs> it's different. But So simple doesn't necessarily mean easy. Simple just means for it's the opposite of complex. Less complex, yeah. yeah. Well, my response to this was, are you overcomplicating simple things? Mm-hmm. And I think humans are really great at doing that, as just making things more than they need to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking to simplify things, but I, I'm also very easily, like I'm very easy to overcomplicate sometimes. So like a really simple example is like, are you baking the pie when Costco has a great one <laughs> for $5.99? I love those uh, pumpkin pies, It's man. so good. And they're so like good. six bucks for this huge pie. But sometimes I'm like, no, I have to do it. I have to do it to this standard that nobody set other than myself. Well, it's kind of funny when we go, when Erin and I go to Costco, she's like, should I get this snack for a week from now? And I just look at her and I'm thinking, it's not gonna it will it. not make it. Yeah. <laughs> it will not survive. I mean, I'd like, you know, my parents have chickens and they're realizing that it costs more to keep these chickens alive than it does <laughs> to buy like dozens of eggs at the store. So again, it goes back to values. If you value, you know, free range, organic, all that stuff. But sometimes we just make it more complicated than it needs to be. Like I realized at one point that I was going to like six grocery stores to accommodate every little thing on my list. And I I thought this is kind of crazy. Like I could forego one of these to save myself a half an hour. Like mm-hmm. there are things that if we just looked objectively, we are probably overcomplicating and ma- could make simple in a pretty easy step. Mm-hmm. You probably are answering this in a deeper way over there, Mama Melody. 
Well, I I think we do make life too complex. (laughs) And all the complexities just make life a little bit more impossible to enjoy because yeah. um, we have to be perfect. That's impossible. We have to have everything figured out. That's impossible. I have to be doing something bigger, greater, more powerful than what I'm doing now. That is putting us on the hamster wheel right there. And um, so I love this scripture. It says this one thing. I do. One thing. Mm-hmm. It's like All these things are capsulized into this one thing. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. I don't depend on my own strength. That's one thing I do. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. One compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and uh, and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. It's like I forget my past and I reach for the prize of the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And really the one thing is kind of the question before, this one thing I do is all that I am, all that I ever hope to be is that one that honors my God. And I pursue him, the author and the finisher of my faith. And uh, will I do that well all the time? No. Uh, Will I do it perfectly? Never. Uh, I will never arrive. But the fact is, if he is the goal of my life, I've made my life simpler. Even though I might have many expressions of that, it's that one thing. So I just keep moving forward. I don't try to figure out what I can't figure out. Um, It it was a few weeks ago that I thought, okay, this is it. I'm not going to even think about the future. I'm going to give my very best today. And I will have to prepare for tomorrow and maybe the next day. But I am not going to try to figure out what is impossible for me to figure out. So one of the the ways that you can... Make your life simpler is not look too far in advance? Yes, um, most definitely, because I am a visionary. Mm -hmm. I dream of what can be all the time. Um, But the fact is, who cares if I'm dreaming it? If it's God's dream and I'm pursuing him, he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask All I could think of, all I could dream of, if I'm just giving him my best today, period. And so even just a few weeks ago, long before we got this question, I just took a lot of complexities of my life and made it simple to today and maybe the next couple days. And and, uh, because, you know, you plan, you have your calendar and I keep it, but um, I, I put my attention on doing my best to be present and honoring God in the present. Mm -hmm. So that's been kind of like a a new, um, what's it called? Uh, Epiphany. Pardon? An epiphany. Yeah, maybe it was an epiphany. I don't know. But it's just like this this new lease on life or this new uh, whatever. Um, And it... That decision, and you guys know I work really hard and I do a lot and I, uh, I'm, 
I want to change the world, and I still do, but I'm going to change it from now on, giving my best today. Well, I, I'm, God spoke this to me a while back, but just the revelation that I, I only have the grace for today. Yes, exactly. And so whenever I would try to get ahead of today's grace is when I would feel the anxiety and the That's stress right. and the overwhelm. And when I just have to convince myself, tell myself, remind myself over and over again that I'm skipping, I'm trying to get to somewhere I don't have grace for. And then trusting that I have the grace for this day and then tomorrow I will have the grace for that day and so on and so forth. So it's just living in your current grace instead of trying to get ahead of your grace. And another thing, um, and this I'm speaking to myself, but uh, I just recognize like sometimes I need to de-idolize accomplishment. Oh, that is good. Like I need to de-idolize achievement because I am a person who wants to you know, set my sights and get it all done. And when, and that's great. That's a beautiful, like a wonderful thing. And like, I've learned like people love to ask a yes person things because you'll say yes and you'll get it done. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes an idol, Mm -hmm. when it becomes um, the thing I am, I'm after that first and foremost, then I have gotten my priorities out of order. And even like the language Paul used, I press towards the goal. Mm-hmm. It can, it sounds like achievement and accomplishment and and progress and all of those things. But, um, which is great language for me. I'm like, yes, press towards the goal. But if the goal becomes an Stuff. itself, and the goal itself becomes an idol, then I have uh, taken my eyes off of, off of, him off the prize, the priority, and I'm overwhelmed and I'm exhausted and life is way too complicated because I, yeah, I've, I've just made an idol out of achievement. That's when our external becomes a plumb line for our life rather than our internal world. And that's really unwise. What I'm saying in that is I think one of the greatest things we can do today is be our best, be, be our best. And if we are being our best selves, you know, seeking first the kingdom of God and honoring God, living in grace, his ability, which is now, not, not tomorrow. We have the grace for now in all those things. Then my future is in his hands. Mm -hmm. And he knows exactly how to get us. He lives outside of time. He already knows where we're going. And we're trying to figure out where we're going. And and, and that doesn't mean you don't strategize and do all those things. You have to do life. But, but the fact is, he holds our future. And he knows our future. So... What a beautiful thing just to say, God, may I honor you today if I may I be in that place of just giving you my best and giving others my best. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that means every day I can be a success, right? Yeah. I love in in uh what is it? Matthew six, I forget the reference, but where Jesus is like, Don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow will worry about itself. But he references, he's like, Look at the birds of the air. Yeah. They don't toil, they don't spin. Look at the lilies of the field. They're not worried about about anything. And I just think, what an easy life. What a simple life (laughs) to just be a lily in the field. And we put so much pressure on ourselves when he's just like, 
if I take care of them, I will take care of you. Mm-hmm. You don't need to overcomplicate that. Mm-hmm. I will take care of you. I think another version says, look at the golden retriever. <laughs> and uh, they did nothing all day, but they find they the were, time to sleep. They were fed and they were groomed. <laughs> and they're exhausted. <laughs> and they were loved on all day long yeah. and played with and got whatever they wanted. <laughs> Sometimes I just have to laugh at myself and I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm so stressed. And I'm like, what? why are you doing this to yourself? Like just, if I step back and be like, you're going to be okay. Like, And we isn't just- it true when we allow stress to consume us, it hinders our creativity and the thing that we're trying to do or get done, now we have complicated that. And instead of being out of the flow of who God is in us, now I'm trying, forcing something from an emotionally drained brain. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're living out of us rather than living from him. Well, you were saying that you kind of get yourself all worked up. I, I was thinking how complexity is something that kind of snowballs. Oh, and, and so sometimes making your life simple is you have to unwind. Yeah. <laughs> you have to unwind good. those things. So I I was thinking as I was preparing for this question, like, why do we make things so complex? Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us do. There are some amazing people out there that don't, and uh, that's awesome, but I would think a lot of us do. So why do we make things so complex? So I had a couple questions, and you guys can jump in uh, if, if one of them sticks out to you. But the first one was, we make our lives complex because we take on false responsibilities. Mm -hmm. We try to fix things that we have no power to fix. We try to uh, get our hands in things that we have no business getting our hands in. We try to um, make things work out that we don't have power to change. And so that's going to make things pretty complex. Very good. Uh, Another reason why we make our lives complex is that we try to achieve unattainable expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, on social media, you see like um, someone do do this amazing thing and then, then it goes to what it actually looks like <laughs> in real it. life when people try to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's, that's going to make your life complex when you're looking at, you have these such high expectations and you don't even have the capacity for it ever or maybe just... <laughs> Not at at that point. It's like, it's kind of funny. It's like, I'll I'll look at like these like 10 year old kids playing guitar and I'm like, what have I been doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Or like, I look at my kids and I'm thinking, boy, I have failed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All joking aside. But so what's another reason why we make our lives complex is because we live beyond our means. Mm-hmm. And that could be naturally or that could mm-hmm. be emotionally. Another reason is we try to appease everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to make someone unhappy. Yeah. You say that again. Okay. <laughs> we try to appease everyone. It's okay. You are going to make someone unhappy mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Um. Another reason why we make our lives complex is because we allow society to define what success looks like. Yeah. So we got to 
keep on working and working and working to maybe attain something that is unattainable. Another one is... Well, we're not called yeah. to obtain. Yeah. Another one is, you believe no is a dirty word. <laughs> it's okay. Your kids need to hear it. It's good for them. <laughs> and lastly, why do we make our lives complex? You have to be okay with not understanding everything. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up. It's like, why did this happen? I need to understand why. And we kind of get stuck of just waiting for something to be resolved and we we don't move forward. And so we're trying to live life, but we're still kind of stuck. And that's how it kind of gets complex, uh, complex and we get all wound up. And like I said in the beginning, sometimes we just have to unwind. So the, the, the end of this question was, what are some ways I can simplify my life? Well, that whole list that I just said, stop doing one or more of those things and that should help simplify your life. And I'm sure the list could go on and on, but I just thought I'd give a few of them that I was thinking of. Yeah, you could you could make an episode on each one of those <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> They're really good because very, very good. Yep. I don't have too much to add. I think taking tech breaks is helpful in simplifying because it just... Um, it does just immediately make your world smaller so that you're mm. not seeing everybody else's everything. Um, like, you know, like I said, you don't have to grow the pumpkin and grind the flour to make the pie. Just go buy one. <laughs> and I know there's so much value in doing things the hard way sometimes, but sometimes it's just like, all right, just, just do the simple thing. It's going to be okay. Also, the weight of the world is really, really heavy and it's too much for any of us to hold. So again, like if you are taking on too much responsibility or you're comparing yourself to others or you mm. think you have to please everybody, all the things that you just said, um, it's really heavy. And um, you know, one of my favorite passages is Jesus has come to me all of you who are burdened and heavy laden and I will give you rest and so uh, I think you do have to give up some of the burden in order to get the rest so you can come up with all the solutions to simplify your doing but ultimately I think you have to you have to find rest you have to find the peace that comes without understanding sometimes in order for this to really be resolved. You can do, 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 and there, you know, there's answers in that, but ultimately, um, can you access peace? Because if you can't, I don't know that you can simplify your way out or into peace. Well, it goes back to that first question, like what is the significance of value? And mm -hmm. sometimes life gets complex because we're juggling so many things. And so maybe going back and looking, okay, what is the most important yes. and what can I lay down? Yes. Um, I remember preaching this sermon a long time ago, but it was talking, I was talking about juggling things. And one of the ways that they teach you how to juggle, I don't juggle, <laughs> I can't juggle, but I, I read about it. But what they do is they keep their eye on the high point. Mm. And so in order to juggle things, you have to keep your eye set on the high point. And so that kind of goes back to what we talk about is, hey, life is going to be complex. Life is going to have many things that we have to juggle. But if we're going to do it effectively, we have to keep our eye on the high point. 
which is for us as Christians, Christ. If we would take our lives and realize there's only so much emotional energy we can expend in a day. And I, I use the illustration, I take a water bottle and I said, if this bottle full of water is all that I have for the day, where am I going to invest it? And we, we either we're going to be investing our emotional energies into those things that are fearful or negative or uh, all the expectations or all the things that were listed or we can truly look at something and say, what is the most important place for me to expend my energies today? And if I put it in that, not only will I feel more fulfilled, but I will be able to accomplish so much more that is productive. Yeah. That, that's the peace part that you were talking about, Katie. Yeah. All right. We've had a I think that's all. How we always end the question or end the thing. All right. Well, all right. words well, are done like, now. Kind of like nobody's <laughs> saying anything. So I just heard somebody's stomach growl. So I was like, well, it must be time. <laughs> that wasn't my stomach. <laughs> Okay, mine. by three people in the room, she heard it. You said it wasn't, so Joel's hungry. Maybe it was mine. My by deduction, <laughs> you're a real detective, aren't you? Yeah. I worked for the FBI. Okay. <laughs> you ever have that friend in your life that always brings up that one thing? <laughs> That's funny. I worked for the FBI. Does the FBI know that? If you're <laughs> that hungry? You, that you work no, for the FBI. you work for the FBI. Uh, <laughs> probably no one now. Well, but you know oh, what we were doing? Some. We just did a course and someone was like, I didn't know you worked for the FBI. And I thought, wow, they're still out there. People There's that, still people <laughs> out there that have not know. heard the story. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Everybody would be retired by now. Well, that story was gold for the youth group. It was. It because still is. Yeah, like those couple years really served the rest of your mm-hmm. <laughs> your life. It was, yeah, it it really was a turning point in my life. So there's a in negative ways and in very positive ways. Yep. All right. All righty. Well, guys, give us some more ammo. Give us some more questions. You can send them to lifeexchangepodcast at gmail dot com, and we will. See you next time. And well, I will add if you ask a question because we record a couple at a time, it might be a few weeks. Oh yeah. Until it patience. Patience. Patience pays off. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's it. It's a wrap. Yep. So the more you listen to, the more you have the potential of hearing your question. <laughs> so are you saying we won't tell them? You just gotta keep listening. Just keep listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.